Welcome to Inflection Point Moment. I'm Jeff Hire Jones. And I'm Rhonda Peterson. We're here today to talk tips, tricks, and resources for growth-oriented small business owners. So let's jump in. <laughs> hey, Rhonda. <laughs> hey, Jeff. You know, the day is going to come when you are going to get caught doing that. I'm just saying. I know. I was, uh, for those of you that don't know, this kind of thing right before we go live every Monday, uh, typically there's a countdown and I make a face at Rhonda to get her laughing before it hits go. And I think today I did it until about one and then it went on go and I stopped and was smiling and Rhonda was laughing. So you were successful. Yes. I can't wait till the day happens when you're making the face and the um, thumbnail on LinkedIn is you making the face. I, I bet we'll get a lot of um, comments and likes on that one. I think that would likely be one that goes viral with <laughs> the faces that I tend to make uh, before we go live every every week. Yeah. Wait, well, you know, the title for this week kind of leans right into what we're talking about right now. Because yeah. the what we're going to talk about this week is leading from possibility rather than fear. And living right there on that knife's edge, knife's edge of how long can I do the face so that Rhonda starts laughing before we go live is definitely living from possibility instead of fear. Because if I was doing that, I would have the fear of getting caught. It was even at an event that we were together at and you were up in the front of the room and I came just for the tail end for kind of a networking thing that you had invited yes. me to. And mm -hmm. I think you sent a text to me and then I sent a text making a face and kind of chuckled slash you know saw the shoulders going up and down and trying <laughs> not to laugh out loud while there was a speaker on but I was like yep she opened it yep uh-huh uh yeah well here we are so Jeff today we are going to start exploring the second domain of emotional intelligence which is ironically self-management and, and in self-management, and you know, you can have fun in self-management. Actually, for people like you and me, if we can't have fun in self-management, well, then we're probably just not going to show up. But that's, true. <laughs> that's probably why we get along so well. Um, but within self-management, there are four competencies, which the first is emotional self-control. Uh, uh, good judgment is not part of this. <laughs> Perhaps we should put it in there, but it's not. <laughs> so emotional self-control, adaptability, an achievement orientation, and positive outlook. <clears throat> Excuse me. And as, an, as a business owners, all these things are important for us. Actually, not just as business owners, but regardless of where you are leading and interacting with other people, these things are really important. We need to be able to practice self-management. And leading from possibility rather than fear encompasses all these possibilities. If we're aware of our emotions, as we talked about last month, then we can respond to them rather than reacting. 
And that's taking the first step of harnessing our emotions so that ourselves and our team can go further faster. And who doesn't have that as a goal? I mean, why would we go slowly? What fun is that? So when you're feeling fear, you can avoid it and procrastinate, or you can anticipate and prepare so the worst case scenario becomes a manageable situation rather than a catastrophe. Because, you know, stepping into chaos doesn't sound like a really good idea. Not that that doesn't happen sometimes, because we, I mean, the reality is there are times when chaos happens and we have to respond to it. We've dealt with that more times and ways than we care to think about in the last three years. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of different fears that people could have. And as business owners, anybody who's started a business has already overcome a fear because you are a business owner and the majority of people in this world are not. That doesn't make them bad. It doesn't make you bad. It's just there is something about those of us who have stepped into the space of owning our own business and deciding that we're not going to take the paycheck from somebody else. We're going to do our own thing, whatever that thing is. Yeah. You have to overcome the fear of, but what if I fail in order to become a business owner? You have to come to that place of saying, okay, well, if I fail, then we'll figure out what we're going to do next. But that's not something that everybody can do. But sometimes there are hidden fears that underlie our decisions. And if you don't know what that is, it will trip you up in various and sundry ways, depending on what the um, fear is. So we're now five minutes in and I have not, almost six minutes in actually, and I have not said the official, nor have you, the official, hey, if you're here with us, let us know you're here. Um, would love to hear any comments you have, any questions. If you think we're full of beans, um, please let us know. So Jeff, what kinds of fears have, let me put you on the spot. Oh, you're um, good at that. Thank you. That's my job in life. What kinds of fears have you heard about or experienced yourself or seen people struggle with as a business owner? Gary is with us again. Yay. Oh, this is good. We, we gotta read this. He's quoting Yoda. <laughs> Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. That is a quote from Yoda. That's a really interesting, an interesting um, statement. And I have to agree that fear can lead to anger. And anger definitely leads, leads to hate if you don't understand what's underneath the anger and address the underlying issue. So, and who needs the suffering that hate's going to lead to? I personally, I do not think that I need that, but. Anyhow, okay, back to the question I asked you, Jeff. I apologize. I got sidetracked. Sidetracked. It's all good. Okay. So what fears have you seen that people have struggled with in business? You know, I think oftentimes there can be a fear of success. Mm, absolutely. So get over the fear of going out on your own, you know, which is kind of the, the first big hurdle. 
Yeah, hurdle number one. <laughs> you know, to owning a business. Then I think sometimes the next thing that comes in is the fear of success, meaning if this thing really takes off on me, then what? Oh my gosh, am I going to be able to get the labor to, to do? Will I have the suppliers to develop my product? Will I X, Y, and Z? What could happen to my brand if I can't fulfill these orders or these promises, the customers? Right. You know, so I think that that's one that is natural. And even when clients and businesses are at the inflection point where they've gotten to a point where they're successful, mm-hmm. they're getting ready to take that next step of scaling, like what we've talked about. Right. That can be kind of the fear of having additional success or and or the fear of failure coming back on what if I try to scale this thing and it can't go above what I've historically gotten to. You know, so I think sometimes both those, even even when you get over one, there could be something that changes in the business or you try to take it to the next level and a fear that maybe you've already overcome comes back in. You know, the other one that I've I've seen is um I'll call it, you know, fear of cash flow. Oh, that's an interesting one. Say more. Meaning, am I going to have enough to mm-hmm. sustain the obligations of the business? given what I'm doing right now, or I'm going to, add, I need to add staff to get to this next level, but do I have enough revenue coming in to pay the staff that I need to bring in in order to grow revenue? So I think there's a little bit of a, a fear factor sometimes there. It's like the chicken and the egg. Exactly. And I'm not sure if I'm at the point where I need to do that yet, or maybe I'm not quite there yet, but I don't see the path to getting more sales to allow me to get there. You know, so I think oftentimes those fears kind of weigh in one way or another. Well, and that's where you can benefit from, excuse me, I have a frog. Um, That's where you can benefit from having a fractional COO or a consultant come in and walk through that with you to help you think about, okay, that whole chicken and egg thing, how are we going to manage that? Yeah. I'm, we have a new person with us today. Hey, Chris, I am so glad you're here with us, Chris. And um, I will address what you typed into the chat in just a second, because what Jeff was saying is so critical as far as the fear of success and then the fear of failure and then the fear of cash flow. I love that. I've never heard it said in those words before, but that is a real um, situation because as your flywheel gets going, there is that. And then if you're growing to the next level, those um, inflection points and the additional flywheel, again, as you grow, there is that challenge of where we are in the process. And how do we overcome those hurdles from that standpoint? And there are different ways of doing that. I mean, are you going to self-fund? Are you going to get a loan? <clears throat> Excuse me. And thinking through that, that's kind of part of that process of anticipating and preparing so that you are on top of it and listening to your emotions that are saying, oh, I'm concerned about this. Oh, there's a fear here. But is this a realistic fear? And if I have a realistic fear about this, then how am I going to address it? As opposed to saying, 
I'll just ignore that and either A, not grow my business or B, um, pretend it's not going to happen. That is completely unrealistic. So yeah, great, great points. Um, so Christine put a comment here that she's preparing to grow one of her businesses and she's interested in how to lead when some partners or team members are resistant to change as we move forward. Well, if that doesn't happen in real life, yeah, because change causes people to be resistant and they fear change because they're going to have to grieve what was so that we can get to what, where we want to go. That's easier said than done. Um, and Jeff, I'm going to stop for a second. And if you have, I sense that you've got some, some insight to share on this. Yeah. I, I think one of the things when you're prepping to grow kind of a business is I think it's easy sometimes for owners because you know, you spend so much time in your own head talking through the alternatives and what the path forward is that I think where this becomes a challenge and you start to see partners or team members that are resistant is I often describe it as, you know, sometimes the owner's on the highway going 75 miles an hour <laughs> and the team's still trying to get up to speed getting on the on-ramp to merge. Yeah. And I think oftentimes as business owners, we all run into this where we've you know, we live, eat, sleep, breathe kind of our, our business, even when you try to turn it off, it's always kind of on and your mind's always running. So sometimes right. you rationalize some of these things on your own. And at least in my case, I rationalize these things and think that I've been clear communicating them to others. But usually there's a gap because I think what I've said, you know, doesn't actually come out of my mouth. Right, exactly. You know, been having this kind of self-talk for so long on where we're going and why we're going there. That I think oftentimes to, to get people on that change curve, sometimes you've got to go slow to go fast again. So being able to bring them along, um, you know, and some things that we've done typically in the past is maybe working sessions with key partners or team members to start to co-create what that strategy or growth plan looks like, where the owner might have an idea, but let's get the team involved in helping to flush that out and get bought into it and be a part of creating that. Um, and what's really cool when you do that is you start to get one shared ownership and Absolutely. two, and I've seen this happen where sometimes the owner's viewpoints change a little bit when the rest of the team is involved in the discussion on, huh, I didn't think about that as being a way to do this, but this might get us to where we need to go more quickly than what I wanted to do. Um, and maybe maybe with a little less cash flow involved. I mean, if we're gonna just put that whole cash flow, yeah, too. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so I think that some of those, you know, getting the team involved early and often and being a part of that, that development's helpful. Or, you know, if you, sometimes businesses are at the point where we've got to make a change quick because something's going on in our market. So some of that could be, how do you sell and bring along the team with what the need is to change that the, the market around us is shifting. We're seeing this and here's the direction that we want to take and here's why. And then I would say the most important thing with that is what's in it for them. So really connecting it back to, 
people doing the work in the business. What does this mean to them? Because that's naturally, even if people don't communicate it, you know, they're going to want to know what is the impact on me yes. if you go this direction. Yeah, that's very true. And I know Chris, and she is definitely, she and her um, and her husband who own the business, they um, <clears throat> are very team-oriented people. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so having their team members involved is something that they definitely are doing. But even when you are involved, there are parts of, you know, everybody who's part of this planning for what's coming sees a different segment of it. And the owner sees pretty much all of it. Well, let's hope so. Um, And she's talking about our other business. Okay. Nonetheless, the point is the same. You still, um, I still know, Christine, that you are definitely involving your team in the whole process because that's just who you are. And so in that process, when you can't see quite as fully as, because Jeff, you were talking about the part where you're Think you're thinking about it. It's it's not all consuming. Okay, it may be all consuming sometimes. Sure. You're thinking about this more, most likely than your than your team is. And when your team doesn't see quite as much as you do, and their area of strength is different than your area of strength. Gary put a really interesting comment in the chat about this. Um, that we start a business in our strength and eventually our weaknesses will show themselves, <laughs> which is why we need people on our team that complement us and their strength is our weakness. Kind of like your operations side versus my branding side. <laughs> As an example. Yeah, it's a good match. Exactly, exactly. So um, bringing the people along and acknowledging the fact that there is resistance and there is fear because things are changing and we don't know yet what it's going to be. There, another um, component that may be playing into this, Christine, is that... <clears throat> As business owners, we tend to be more on the risk-taking side of the equation as opposed to the, you know, I like things to be stable and I like to know where we're going and I like to have a predictable life. And then we're going to do something new and different, which as business owners, we say, woohoo, this is going to be exciting. And, you know, we got a new, we got a new thing that we can, um, embrace from our we like um, new things and some of the people on our team may not see the world from that embracing change and risk as much as we do so I don't know um, how exactly your team is made up from that standpoint Chris and I'd love if you want to you know we can have a conversation about that if you if that would be helpful for you but all these things about understanding um, 
the resistance to change and bringing them along, going slow to go fast, um, all of that all plays into this. And especially the part about being relational instead of transactional, which means you build a relationship and transactions happen on top of it. Christine is a very relational person. I am not worried about whether she's in the transactional, just drive people mode, because that is not how she rolls. At least not that I've ever seen her do. But it, that can happen. That all It's all about the transaction. And that that will slow you down and could basically bring you to a total stop. Yeah. Good Thanks for bringing that up, Chris. Yeah. That was a, that was a really good. Of, you know, how do you transition to that, the lead from the possibility side and lead people in your business versus the, the fear side that sometimes people that work for you in a business might have because it is, you know, you're changing the ground that I stand on and I might be very comfortable doing what I've always done and it's been successful up to a certain point, you know, but to take it to the next level, seeing that's where the possibility comes and how do you get others on, involved in that? Yes. And Chris, you just said something in the chat that triggers something I have to share with you because um, my husband will be happy to know that I'm saying this and he's in the next room. He's going to hear me say this, <laughs> but um, I, I live with this. So there's a person who's immediate, a person on the team whose immediate reaction is to be defensive about new ideas. Here's an insight, Chris. I don't know this person from Adam, but there's a really good chance that this person is an introvert and you're bringing new ideas to the table. And as an introvert, they need, and I don't mean introvert like they're shy. I mean, introvert like they process in their head as opposed to process by talking, you know, like Rhonda does. <laughs> and somebody who is an introvert from a processing perspective, you, they're gonna respond that way unfortunately, and you have to learn not to take it personally and to introduce the new idea and then give them time to think about it and then come back and have a discussion about it. So you can say, hey, you know, we're thinking about doing X and you just Introduce it so that you're, say you have a staff meeting, just as a, as a for instance, you have a staff meeting. And in the staff meeting, there's obviously a time to talk about new business or new opportunities or new whatever. In that part of the meeting, you introduce briefly where you're going to go. And you give them just a snippet of an idea of what's happening with it. Do not give them the whole kit and caboodle because they can't handle it right now. They really cannot. Give them the idea, let them chew on it a little bit, give them the, open the door that if they want to have a conversation with you about it, 
you are open and available to a conversation. And then schedule the next meeting. Jeff, I'm reminded of the story you told about the person who you who wanted to have one meeting and just fight it out in the one meeting, as opposed to you saying, give me two meetings and we'll get this done and we'll have what we'll, we'll get what you want. So yeah, go ahead. I caught on to your earlier comment. Would it be safe to say that your husband's more introverted <laughs> than you? And this is a strategy that you've employed at home in addition to in the workplace. <laughs> that would be a very safe thing to say. And not only that, but my life got so much better when I learned to do that. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to tie up the loose end of my husband's in the room next door and I was going to hear this and I thought, ah. I bet Rhonda's husband is an introvert. Yeah, he is. And she's figured out after all these years, kind of this trick that that works in business too. I like to use the term strategy as opposed to trick. Yep, that's a that's a good uh, a good term to use. Yeah. Yes, and it it works better when we phrase it in that framework as opposed to tricks. Um, better than saying that you've got him trained after all these years of marriage, because that I'm sure would not go over. I can assure you that as an as an extreme extrovert, the person who feels trained in this situation is right here. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> okay, so anyway, when you then have the next, bringing it back to what we're talking talking about <laughs> when you then have that second meeting and you really start digging into the meat of the change that or the new opportunity that you're going to explore this person has at least had time to think about it and they may raise some issues or some thoughts or have some really good questions about what you want to do and Chris I cannot even tell you how the fact that you put that in the chat about how the person responded in the moment that is the trick to the whole thing okay not the trick that piece of information that right that is the strategy that is the core piece of information to the whole thing because once you can see that, you can understand. And this is why as this is why as a business owner, you have a responsibility to be a leader in the situation. I know many business owners resist that word and they don't think of themselves as a leader, but you are the leader of your company, whether you call yourself that or not. Because once you bring on employees, whether they're employees or whether you have contract people that work with you, you have to be able to understand that person's, what that person is bringing to the table and all the nonverbal things they're bringing to the table so that you can tap into that. It's why if you learn together 
And the assessments that Jeff and I both do bring so much value because as the leader, um, <clears throat> as the leader, you can read things more differently, more differently. Boy, that was a great way to say that. You can read things differently. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Whatever. Okay. So Chris has a question here. What would be some suggested phrasing to keep them from going down a rabbit hole when you introduce a new idea? Like how to kindly give them time to process before digging in further. Okay. Good question. This is a, this is a time when bringing in a strategist to work with you and to help people understand that we come from different perspectives, the introvert, extrovert, um, that's part of the whole Myers-Briggs uh, framework. Um, it's also some ways of thinking about what energizes you versus what energizes the other person, the strengths, weaknesses. I mean, there's so many different perspectives you can read that through. Jeff's personalysis um, um, assessment looks at this too, different people's needs and values. The whole needs and values would expose what's going on here too, Christine. Um, when you are introducing a new idea, if you've not had this conversation with your whole team, because we don't want to just talk to this one person and say, okay, I've noticed that when we bring up a new idea, you harumph it every single time. You resist everything we try to do. That is not going to get you anywhere. And I know Chris would never do that. Trust me. She would not do that. That's not how she rolls. But to bring it up, from the standpoint of what are the benefits to the organization of doing this and say, we are exploring this thing, not we are going to do this when you introduce it the first time, but we're exploring this. Our, um, we've been seeing some things in the marketplace that we want to respond to. And so one of the ideas we are exploring or an idea we are exploring is this. And we're, we're exploring it because we feel it is the, is the way we can address this thing that's happening in the marketplace so that our company can be the leader that we have positioned ourselves to be and tie it back to your brand identity to all of the company identity that your team knows. And doing that can help introduce it. So we're looking at this idea and we are exploring the different components of it. So if you have any thoughts about this, I'd love to have you share them with me or have, have you share them with us? I'm not sure exactly what your structure is, Chris, so I can't speak to how exactly you would say that. But we just wanted to let you know that we're thinking about this 
We want you to keep it on the down low for now. This is not something to be, you know, putting out on Facebook or LinkedIn or Snapchat or wherever you do your, you know, communications. But we wanted you to think about it. And at our next meeting, then we'll talk about this in a lot more depth. The, the other thing that I'd also kind of throw out that I've used as a strategy for, for things like this, sometimes introducing in a staff meeting. And if it's a, if it's a big enough change, uh, one of the tactics that I've employed is kind of introduced it with, hey, I want to set up a separate working session for us mm -hmm. to really go down and go deeper on what this would look like. And sometimes those sessions where I know there's going to be, well, I'll call it potential baggage from the past, we've tried this, didn't work, or I've got these types of things. One of the things that I've done in those, when we've kicked off those sessions, mm -hmm. talked about, we want to talk about what's again, tying back to the title, what's possible. Yeah. And in order for us to get to this outcome, what would we need to do to make this possible? So instead of saying no, the question really becomes, what do we need to do as an organization to make this a possibility for us? You know, and, and people that um, sometimes might be internal processors, or maybe they've got baggage from either at the company, previous companies where they've seen these strategic things not work, sometimes by flipping that on what would it take to make this possible, it makes people to, to rethink about why they're saying no with, you know what, we could do this, but we need to have a good communication plan for the team. We need to align on these key metrics to know if and when this is going to be successful. So sometimes just turning that on those working sessions, kind of what would it take to make this possible, can get some of those fears out on, on the table that maybe why I'm resisting this idea, but it'll come across as more than likely things that the person's experienced in the past that didn't feel good. Right. Driving that fear, and you can address those as part of a plan to move forward on here's the direction that we're going to go. And you know what? We're going to commit as an organization to do these things in order exactly. to get this outcome. Yeah, that those are fabulous, fabulous um, points there. And the whole thing with the separate working session, um, switching the thinking process um, is so important. So, and I think that I want to end up on this because we're, we're going long and I know you got a one o'clock, Jeff. Um, one of the last things we talked about was how to harness your emotions so you and your team can go further faster. So I've got three, uh, sorry, three. Yeah, three. I have four points on this. The first is to identify and acknowledge your emotions. So um, in this situation with somebody whose their initial response is negativity, they have some emotions. And Jeff, I think you probably were bringing up a really good point there. Um, and the other part of that is sometimes people who are internal processors, they're also people who might be thinking about, I'm a problem solver. What problems are we going to come up against with this? So identify and acknowledge your emotions. Excuse me, stop to process. What is this telling me? 
And then number three, which Jeff, I know you'll like, cause we talk about story brand and the story, story, story thing all the time. How do I need to adapt or change my story about this whole thing? So in this situation where somebody who their response is always negative and it's like, oh my gosh, I don't want to have this conversation with them because they're just going to go down the rabbit hole and I don't want to do that and I hate that. By changing the story and understanding that this person may need to process, that can help. And then, of course, what does this make possible? Which is the leading from possibility part. So my favorite question of all time, what does this make possible? So, yeah. great, great question. Thanks, Gary and Chris, for being with us today. Oh my gosh, this went in a place I never expected, but it was a fabulous discussion about leading from, from possibility rather than fear. So, folks, if you're listening to this, whether it's on the live stream or through the podcast, join us because it makes the discussion so much richer. Absolutely. And next week, we're going to be talking about who's driving your bus, you or your emotions. That's going to be a fun one. It is going to be a fun one. So we'll see everyone uh, next week at 1215 Eastern. Absolutely. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. Thanks for joining us for this episode. If you want more resources similar to this, follow our LinkedIn company page. Just search for Inflection Point Hub on LinkedIn and follow us there.